just get on with it, CBH. Hi, this is F. Paul Driscoll, Editor-in-Chief of Opera News, and you're listening to the CBH Podcast with Christian Van Horn, and I'll bet you're loving it. I bet you are loving it. That was F. Paul. F. Paul Driscoll. F. Paul Driscoll, um, what a sweet guy and an incredible force for good. He was the first person to ever put my name uh, in anything uh, regarding my singing. And uh, this is a million years ago uh, when I was a, uh, a young artist in Opera Theater St. Louis. And I sang Angelotti in Tosca in English. <laughs> we used to do things in English out there, which was always interesting. Uh, and F. Paul wrote in the review that he had spotted gold and uh, named me and another uh, singer whose name escapes me right now. Um, <laughs> maybe it was... <laughs> maybe it was... <laughs> never mind. <laughs> anyway, he said he spotted gold. And uh, um, I, I hope, uh, hope every day to live up to that. Uh, it's the Thursday show, January 28th. I am doing this late today. I've been, I, sometimes you just can't get the fucking car in gear. Uh, that's been this morning. I woke up to snow. Virginia had snow today. Now, you know, it was about 55 degrees less than a week ago. But, um, and you know, of course the sun is shining and it's beautiful outside now. But this morning, woke up to, I don't know, a good inch and a half, two inches of snow. Everything was covered. It looked beautiful. It looked great. You don't see that too often here. Uh, it um, it kind of, it, it's beautiful, but also a little bit depressing at the realization that we're closing on a year here um, since my last performance. Uh, my last paid performance was in Palm Beach at the Breakers. Um, uh, you know, a, a fundraiser for the opera down there. And that was... Uh, mid-February. Yeah. Uh, yeah, middle of February. Second week of February. And then my last performance was a dress rehearsal at the Met for La Cenerentola. And, um, you know, just because you don't get paid doesn't mean it wasn't a show. We had a big public that day. And uh, had no idea that was <laughs> that it was going to be a while before you got to do that again. I might have looked at them different. I think we all would have looked at our shows a lot different uh, had we known we were going to take a big pause. And I do have to keep repeating pause because I can get depressed if I think about anything else. Just a pause. Uh, yeah, it was um, uh, beautiful. Snow on the ground, depressing, beautiful, all of those things. <laughs> uh, I, uh, before I start, I wanted to uh, bring up the last uh, episode where I started talking about uh, just a little bit of the mental health aspect of this uh, with some with colleagues and people that I've spoken to and caught up with and trying to keep up with, and uh, the response was great. I'm I'm I guess I shouldn't be surprised at all that a lot of us are thinking about it and that this is coming up and that this is weighing on us. You know, um, probably those first three months we were like, yes, vacation, we'll be back in business soon. But this is this. Uh, uh, jail sentence in a way has has um, has sort of been indefinite, and uh, it's hard to it's hard to know which way to face when things are indefinite. But I I did have some uh, 
uh, encouraging news in the last couple days. Um, reassured and some and some forward progress on a couple of uh, uh, gigs uh, this summer in uh, where am I going? Italy and and uh, Paris and um, um, yeah, forward progress on those fronts. Meaning, people still are holding hope that we'll get to them. Uh, and that's, um, oh boy, we just, we just really hang on to these tiny little things, anything, anything that we can think of to be like, yes, there's hope there. And we kind of like clutch to this, uh, and, and at the reassurance that at least everybody was aiming towards this actually happening, I pulled out a new score today and, um, uh, yeah, I won't tell you what it is, but, um, um, it's Verdi and it feels good. It feels good to crack one of those and start to do the dirty work and and suddenly be reminded very quickly that um, uh, for me, Verdi is the easiest thing for me to learn. It takes no time. Y- you you hear it once, you sing it like you wrote it. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's he he did so well for the voice. Uh, there was no uh, there's no trouble on our part to figure out. Like we, <laughs> you know how it goes. <laughs> not to say that it's obvious. It's not obvious, but. Um, uh, the voice leading, the voice lines just put you right in the pocket and the learning process goes so quickly. Um, I've never, it's, it's always been shocking to me how quickly I can put a Verity opera in my brain. And I've done it a bunch and, uh, and I've got a lot more to go. But they go in quick. That doesn't mean they go into your voice quick, but they go into my brain quick, which is, <laughs> which is getting harder every year. I used to be a memorizing machine. It takes, it's a process. It's always been a process, but I could always sort of hit the process at warp speed. And, and uh, nowadays, it's just I have to um, sometimes force myself to go through the process of learning. Uh, I don't know how everybody does it. I know we all do it different, but um, get out that highlighter. Oh, my God. It's like I'm 14 again, and I'm looking at a, at a, a sociology book or something. Uh, sociology. Not when you were 14. You know what I mean? Just like highlighting, highlighting. Okay, here we go. Let's let's see how big this thing is. What are we looking at here? And you know, and then I'll find a recording with my favorites, and then I'll find a recording of um, my best. You know, the the people who I think have the Italian right, and uh, just sort of listen and, and go through it and see where we are. Begin the translation process. Begin the rhythm. You know, the then I'll then I'll hit rhythms, and then I'll add text to rhythm. And then I'll add the notes as the final thing, and just a it's just a process. It just takes time. Every I know everybody does it com- completely different, and there's there's b- good ways and bad ways and better ways. But you sort of have to figure out what works for you, and uh, that that seems to be it for me, especially with that. Like if I'm doing Mozart, I'll start hammering away restatives right away. Uh, the singing, the singing part of Mozart is not not something that takes terribly long. Uh, again, you know exactly where it's going, but uh, uh, those recits, you're you're basically telling the whole story in the recit, and then the aria is the pause, and so the recit is is effectually more important, not not for the beauty sake of it, but for the storytelling part of it, and and so I, I'll start hammering recits right away. Uh, yeah. That's fascinating, isn't it? But anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm knee-deep in a Verdi score, and it feels good. It feels good to... I'm going to, like, hang on to this. I'm going to keep looking for things to hang on to, and this is one of them. I'm going to hang on for dear life and, um, uh, you know, go from there. Because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I can keep talking into this microphone, 
and I'm very lucky that people are listening, and that feels nice. But this is um, hardly what I do. I guess it's what I do now. <laughs> oh, you ever have a moment where you're like, "That's just not me." You're doing something; it's a little bit out of character, or you're a little bit out of your comfort zone, or whatever, and you're going, "Boy, this is just not me. This is just not me." And then you realize, "Well, shoot, if I'm doing it, then maybe that is me." Oh. I don't want to think that I'm some kind of half-assed podcast guy, but maybe that's kind of what I am right now. I keep the hope. I keep sitting down at the piano and keep hammering away, and I'm and I'm going to keep clutching to these little hopes because I'm not sure where else the hope comes from. Uh, uh, I can't look at the news. I just can't. I used to like open, you know, like everybody, with one eye open, check the headlines wherever you look. CNN or Yahoo or whatever horrible place is giving you these terrible clickbait horseshit links. Um, and it's just one after another, depressing, 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 depressing. I feel like I remember a time where politics wasn't news. There was just news. <laughs> like there was just news, things that were happening in the world. And now politics is, is news. It, it, it feels like professional wrestling. It feels like you're you're watching uh, fake uh, arguments, you know, take place. This person slams that. This person. It's always a fucking slam. Why are we slamming people? <laughs> What's some of the other words they use? There's always something. It's, it's always backlash and slams and, you know, we're always going after people. I, I don't understand this sort of fight in in Twitter or fight in, you know, two people standing in front of each other are never, ever going to say these things to each other. They just won't. I promise you they won't. I don't know how many t- people have had a, a, a conflict or a fight like right in front of your face. Before it gets to shouts or worse or, or people saying things they can't take back, before you get there, there is a lot of guarded carefully crafted sentences you go out of your way to not offend somebody for a long time I I think I do I hope I do and if you're trying to get a point across or you're disagreeing with somebody or whatever uh, you you'll take the time to be respectful you'll take the time to to uh, be thoughtful go slowly begin your sentence and end it in a way that um, doesn't incite uh, some fucking headline somewhere. Uh, people one-on-one, people together, just talking to each other, never get into these ridiculous things. I, I'll never understand it. And then we look at it. We watch it. It's like uh, modern gladiators. We can't wait for the blood. I'm, uh, I'm sickened by it. It makes me upset that I partake. I partake in the clickbait. I try hard not to, and then, and then sometimes you're like, wait, who, did, who said what? Somebody blasted, somebody slammed this person. So-and-so slams this person. You know, God damn, nobody slammed anybody. If two people were standing in front of each other, you wouldn't say half of that shit. I don't know why we're so brave uh, over text or, or like this. You know, Maybe I'm extra brave right here because I'm just uh, alone in my office. But uh, you know, there's, um, there's an element of civility that people can generally maintain if they're face-to-face with each other. Uh, I don't... I don't know. I don't know where everybody gets so brave with this telephone tough guy stuff. Um, just uh, 
I don't know. Everybody back it up. <laughs> Everybody back it up. This goes on with what I was saying in the, in the uh, last episode, just about the the mental health of all this. Um, uh, I, I've made it a point this week to, to check in with some friends and to reach out and um, just say, hey, you know, how you doing? How's it going? Are you surviving? What are you doing? Give me your schedule. You know, tell me what, tell me what's happening. Tell me the good things. Let's talk it out. And, uh, that's, that's been really helpful. And in, in turn, uh, I too have received some of that and, uh, I needed it. I think I needed it. Maybe that's why I put it out there. Maybe I needed it, but, um, it was good. It was good to realize that, uh, we're all in this together still, not, not to sound like some, uh, asshole, everything's okay guy, but, um, uh, we do sort of have to stick together in this. Uh, I can see the end. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I've been saying it for months, but I can see it, and it's getting a little bit brighter. Uh, we're almost through. Now, we're not going to flip a switch and everybody go back to business. That's that's not what's going to happen. Uh, but but we're going to get we're going to get an all clear to at least proceed uh, with caution. And uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for. All of us to get back to it. Whatever your role is in this, not everybody stands at the footlights. Um, you know, uh, I have, uh, you know, the friends uh, in the in the chorus and the orchestras that are have not been paid in a very long time, uh, and nothing coming in is uh, that'll keep you up at night if you have not made a plan. Uh, if you are without a plan, uh, the idea of where's the rent coming from is uh, daunting. Uh, I'm not, um, you know, you don't blame any man for doing what he has to do to take care of his family or his, or his, um, livelihood or whatever. Uh, but it's a, it's a funny time. Uh, that sort of thing can weigh on you just checking in with people this week, I think was good. Or you notice that somebody is sort of signaling to you that they might need it and you, and you give it. it it's, I remember, um, uh, I got to a gig in, uh, Santa Fe one year. And I had just been on the road too long, and I was tired, and uh, didn't want to be there. I really didn't want to be there. And um, I, it was like it was the old days when they wouldn't. There was no leeway out there with coming a day or two late. You know, they just insisted on a certain date, and you had to kill yourself to do it. And most opera houses will give you there. There's some there's some room. You know, <laughs> depending how how big your role is, or when they're going to get to you, or, and how much they need you. There's some wiggle room in your arrival date if if things are overlapping. And there wasn't a lot of wiggle room back in the old days in Santa Fe. And uh, I got there. You know, I just went from a gig to an after party to sleep for two minutes to uh, uh, an airplane ride. Two airplane rides getting to getting to Santa Fe, and I was required to be in rehearsal that day, which is also super cool. <laughs> and I got to the rehearsal, and I could sense that there's always going to be some annoyance when somebody is a little bit late. Now, I had been, uh, up to that point, uh, had missed uh, uh, the morning rehearsal, and I arrived late and got to the second rehearsal and sort of just <laughs> moseyed in as it was beginning. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, uh, it was let's stage Christian Day into everything. And it was then that I learned that uh, a page of uh, recit that had normally been cut had been open, and that's what we had to do. <laughs> and so suddenly, 
I'm in a position where I'm uh, having to stage something I have not looked at. And <laughs> trying to, you know, it's not so wordy, but it's enough that, you know, it would have helped for me to look at it on the plane if I had known. And uh, suddenly I'm just, I'm, I'm, I can feel myself pulling away from this. I don't want to be there. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling uh, eyeballs on me for being uh, the guy who missed the morning. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, frustrated because I'm learning that something is open that was originally closed or I have, I have only known it as closed. And uh, I was not being picked on, but that's what I felt like. I felt like I was being picked on and I didn't feel like (laughs) I was somebody that should be picked on in this moment. And I could feel myself recoil. And, um, you know, we got through rehearsal. I did my best. (laughs) I think it went okay. Uh, And when it was all done, I just sort of, um, you know, three hours went by and the rehearsal ended and everybody took off. And I'm just sort of sitting in the chair and I can't believe that, you know, I went from the you know, performance the night before to uh, a late night party to flying all day to a drive from Albuquerque to Santa Fe to get into a rehearsal that I didn't think very, went very well. And I just sort of sat there taking it all in like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> What's happening today? And um, uh, the maestro came over to me and um, I didn't know him very well. We had met one time briefly, but we, we had never worked together. And he walked over to me, and and granted, he had been working all day too, and the day was over. It's five o'clock. It's time to time to move on. And and he came over and um, could not have been kinder to me, uh, could not have been more generous, more giving, more loving. Uh, really, in that moment, I, I, we didn't know each other well, but he could see it. He could see in my eyes that I was feeling done. And it was really the one of the first times in my career where I thought, I think I need to go home. I think I think probably this is not going to work out for me, and I need I need to go home and skip this one. <laughs> I'm sure the cover would love to do this. Uh, I hate to do this to the company, but uh, I need to get out of here. And th- and that's where I was in that moment when he came over, and uh, he didn't talk me down. He didn't be like you know I didn't I didn't confide to him that I was like ready to ready to <laughs> get back on the planes, but. Um, he knew that I was done uh, and, and had the look of somebody who was done. And um, uh, I, maybe he'd been in that position before. I don't know. I didn't expect this kind of generous warmth and love from somebody that I barely knew. And uh, oh, he didn't even want to talk about the three things today or the previous three days that, that were troubling me. That wasn't it at all. He really wanted to talk about the broader scope of... Um, uh, what it is we do. I mean, he really went very philosophical on it and and was specific to me. Suddenly it was very clear to me that he had a lot of knowledge about me and what I was doing and what I, uh, and what I had done and where I had been. And, and um, he wasn't playing to my ego. He was just being kind. And boy, he talked me down. He really talked me down. And I felt... Uh, I felt fine going forward. I was ready to uh, give all of the energy that I have uh, towards towards the show because this man had shown me this this kindness when I really really needed. And I have said this before: it's one thing to recognize that another human needs something; it's a completely different thing to actually give it to them. 
And that's what he did that day. He saw that I wasn't well. And, and somebody might just say, Hey, good, you know, everything okay? You know, like, don't, don't like, please don't answer. I don't actually care. This was a, a genuine, you know, put your pencil down. Let's, let's look each other in the eye and talk about exactly, uh, what's happening right now. And, and, um, uh, you know, he has my forever loyalty after that. Nobody had ever done that before. No, certainly not a maestro. Certainly not um, a maestro who who um, barely knew me. Uh, you know, I had never experienced that before or since. And so that man gets my eternal um, loyalty and devotion. And and um, and I have worked with him again. And I and I and I wish to work with him constantly. But um, that was something I, I have kept that with me. And not just that this is a special man or a special person or a good friend or whatever. It's that um, this idea of seeing that somebody is hurting or or hurting is not even the right word. I was just spent. I was just fucking done. You, you, everybody knows the feeling of like, all right, that's it for me, folks. You know, like, <laughs> I'm going to go. And um, to, to recognize it and then to come over and... Uh, give it to you. That's it, it. Moves me just talking about it now. I can get choked up just thinking about that moment. And I hope that I can. Uh, I think I need to also work on that. You know, it's easy to see that somebody might need something, but maybe maybe you hesitate to give it to them, or you hesitate to to offer uh, your attention or your time or whatever it is. Um, and I think we should all try that. That's that's the way to do it. When we're looking out for our people right now, um, you know, maybe go that extra mile and make sure that you that you've heard them. And and I'm telling you, it'll pay you back. It will pay you back. Just from the last episode where we talked about this, I've had a tremendous amount of of people. Just I've I have felt the love right back. <laughs> Stick around long enough, we're gonna be kumbayaing in the corner. Oh my God! My thanks to F. Paul Driscoll for cutting me an ID. Now I'm just getting—I'm getting crazy now. I'm asking all my friends, and I'm definitely asking all my famous friends. And then I'm gonna go ahead and just go that extra mile and ask for people that I don't really know, but should—they should sort of be aware of me. And then I'm just gonna pretend like we're great friends, and they're gonna do it too. <laughs> uh, yeah. At Van Horn CVH. Thanks for listening today. Thursday show, January 28th. And um, everybody have a great weekend. I love you for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye.